Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey everyone, it's Brian. The real estate market is crazy. Finding an agent you can trust isn't easy. Thankfully, the one thing I'm more certain of than Brian Schottenheimer calling a running play on second and long is that you can trust John Hurlbut and his team in Altitude Homes. I know John personally, and nobody does it better in Pierce, South King, and Thurston County. So head on over to altitude-re.com HB to get real estate help you need. That's altitude-re.com HB. Or give them a call at 253-222-2626. Again, that's 253-222-2626. Go Hawks! Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S., and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com, click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fan life. Welcome to the Real Hawk Talk post-game show after the Seahawks narrowly beat the uh, Philadelphia Eagles 23-17 um, and take over, actually extend their lead for first place in the NFC West. They went to Philadelphia, they did their job, uh, and come out with the W. Uh, lots to talk about tonight, um, and as we... Uh, Get ready to do that. Let me bring in the fellas. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, Nathan Ernst at NathanE11 on Twitter. How you doing, dude? Good. How are you? You know, we'll get into that in a bit. I, I, I'm I'm unreasonably upset right now at that last touchdown. I need to simmer down because it just really pissed me off. But it, it almost won me my fantasy uh, game this week, so I was almost unreasonably happy about it. So I feel that. I understand unreasonable emotions about it. I appreciate the uh, inverse uh, uh, reaction. Um, uh, Jeff Simmons, at Real Jeff Simmons on Twitter. Uh, he is with us, and uh, hopefully you'll be able to hear his soft, dulcet tones with his new mic. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm okay. I'm okay. That was – if you remember the two Eagles games last year, that was basically exactly the same where the Seahawks should have killed them the whole time, and it was unreasonably close. It was even the same score for most of the game. So that just brought up some bad memories of games that were just way too uncomfortable for no reason. Yeah, yeah. And Evan, at Evan and SEA, where are you, dude? How are you feeling after uh, that, that? Just I, I feel dirty is really how it is. Like, I just feel like I, I was about to feel like, you know, mildly okay. Like the Seahawks did their job. And, and then I just ended up feeling like so just couldn't let us walk away with a double digit victory. Couldn't. I got it. I got to tell you guys the truth. I got to tell you the truth. Right before that play started, I was like, ah, fuck it. 
Seahawks won this game, you know, nothing's going to happen here. So I go into the kitchen to make a drink before we do this post game show. And all of a sudden I hear screaming from the other room and lo and behold, the Seahawks commitment to winning a one score football game remained steadfast and intact. So I want you to know, Brian, and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. You were the first person I thought of when I saw that play. The replay. When I saw the replay, you were I because I just knew that the the fact that they that this defense would give up some last second bullshit like that, just just I know it would irk your soul in a deep, deep way. It did. I mean the the Eagles end up with 250 yards and 17 points, which is a bad performance. Like it's a bad game. It's their ties their lowest output of the season. But the Seahawks defense had put together like a complete game. A complete game. Like the, the the Eagles were under 200 yards before that drive. Under 200 yards. I, I'm going to have to get off this because I'll make the whole show. Clearly the story of the night. doesn't matter at all, but it just, that stuff drives me crazy. I mean, clearly, Brian, the story of the night is how bad the defense was. So I think we should spend the next 50 minutes talking about them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I could go from that into the injury news just to get into the more things that are annoying me. But let's let's set all that aside. Um, look, uh, I do want to. I do want to. You know, I teased it in in the tweet, and I want to say it here. So, ESPN, I get it. They spent the whole time talking about how bad the Eagles' offense was, and Carson Wentz, and how far the Eagles had fallen, and you know how terrible everything was totally get that and it's justified right like that team has taken an amazing nosedive from where they were especially Carson Wentz and and, and that offense but you had a historically bad Seahawks defense this isn't just the, the Eagles offense is bad for this year the Seahawks defense has been bad historically maybe one of the worst defenses in the history of the sport and there's absolutely a storyline that could have been And no one would have been shocked if it was the Eagles find their way against the Seahawks moribund defense. They just could not get out of their own way. Seahawks defense is hopeless. They can't cover anybody. They can't get to the quarterback, but that didn't happen tonight. The Seahawks defense, if you didn't know anything about the rest of the season, you would say that's a good defense who did what they should do against a bad offense. I'm not saying it was a great defense, but that was a good defense doing what they should against a bad offense. And I think ESPN didn't spend any time talking about that. I thought the Seahawks defense for the most part played well. I think they, they rushed the passer. Well, I think they, they stopped the run reasonably well. Um, and yes, Carson Wentz was awful and made some terrible throws and that deep and that the, the receivers are awful. Like, I mean, sure. But all those things were true in previous games and the Eagles actually put up better yardage and better points against other defenses, including Cleveland last week. So I think the Seahawks defense, despite how annoyed I am with that last series deserves some, some praise for, for what they did tonight. What do you guys think, Jeff? I see you uh, thinking about it. Yeah, I think that's absolutely the story of the game for the Seahawks other than DK Metcalf. But um, I agree. There was a lot of promising we talked a lot about the pass rush, the improvement in the last four or five games. They had six sacks tonight. They were blitzing a little more effectively. Jamal Adams had probably his best game since the opening game of the year. He was much more effective this week than he's been 
he wasn't really exposed. Shaq Griffin came back. I thought he looked really sound out there. I haven't seen him play with that kind of confidence really since last year. And he was a complete, he was a difference maker in the secondary tonight. And really I thought the linebacker Bob, that one play Bobby made in coverage early in the game was absolutely ridiculous. I think there was a lot of promising things. And overall, I just tweeted this. The Seahawks have played now 10 good quarters in a row of good defense. And I'm not like you, Brown. I don't really care about that last Hail Mary. That was like a one in a thousand catch where the guy caught his fingertips. To me, that doesn't say much. I, I overall, and seven of their points came on that horseshit intentional grounding. So overall, I thought it was a very encouraging game, despite how bad the Eagles are. Yeah, I, I just want to jump in and say we're going to make a post-game score adjustment for what this score actually should have been in an ideal world. Really, this was, what was it? Did the Seahawks score 21? 21 points? Was it 20? Yeah, scored 23 points. 23 points. 23? It should have been 23 to 3. That's the defense dominated 95% of that game. And you're basing that off of the bad call on the intentional grounding? Is that what's horrible? Yeah, that should have been a 30 yard penalty, right? Because it's spot of the it's spot of the penalty. Like those refs were bad tonight. They were horrible. Really, really bad. I mean I, that that in the grasp call on the same drive where they gave the Seahawks a sack, Wentz was never close to down was awful. Yeah, <laughs> I mean there were some holding calls like where uh, Abuehi was just terrible, and they didn't call it. Um, and then they, I think there was a play where then Russell threw it, and there was an illegal contact that gave him a first down on a play that Abuehi should have gotten called for a hold. Like they were bad, and I think a lot of the calls went against the Eagles. So. That intentional grounding call, as horrible as it was, I wasn't. I wasn't as upset as uh, I, there were some seething comments in our in our chat. I, I was. I'm okay with human error, like some of the calls you mentioned. That's part of the game. There were definitely some horrible calls. I'm not okay with incompetence. And when the ref is standing there and the ball lands four yards before the line of scrimmage, <laughs> it was bad. That's unacceptable to me. Like you can miss a holding call, you can't miss that with the ref right there. Yeah. It, <laughs> That would have been, as Evan said, it would have been second and 39. (laughs) So bad. I mean, it's a, it's a seven point swing, 14 point swing. Maybe like that's like, those are legitimately game changing calls. (laughs) I'm not okay with that. Like imagine if Seattle had lost this game and we looked back on that call. You know what? If Seattle lost this game, I would be looking at one place and it would be the Seahawks locker room. Like that's a bad Eagles offense. Now that Eagles defense was every bit as good as I thought they were. Like they, like I want to, I want to shit on the Seahawks offense a little bit. I was, this is what I was worried about. I've been saying this even in the pregame. I was like, Hey, I'm more concerned about the way the Seahawks offense has been playing over the last month than I am about the Seahawks defense. And you guys kind of looked at me funny, but I think we still have not seen the Seahawks offense look comfortable and in rhythm for since when the first half against the Cardinals, you know, six weeks ago, like it's been a long time since the Seahawks offense looked like they were in a flow and they certainly didn't look like that tonight. Nathan, I mean, what was your take on, on the play of the Seahawks offense tonight? Um, Credit to the Eagles defense, you know, Seahawks blew it. Like, did okay. What, what, where are you at on, on this? How the Seahawks offense played? 
well, I guess the first thing we can we can talk about, you know, Jeff kind of mentioned it about DK balling out. Uh, that's probably the biggest thing for the, the offense. Uh, our very own stat boy in the background, Derek, uh, tweeted out that DK Metcalf with a th- 1,039 yards. What is this, 10 weeks? 11 weeks? Yeah, they play. they played 11 games. 11 games. So he's 11 games into the year. He's crossed the uh, thousand yard uh, milestone and he currently leads all receivers in receiving yards uh, across the NFL. Um, I kind of want to say this uh, show's very own Evan Hill made a preseason prediction about DK's yardage this year. Something you don't get to do this, Evan. Something in the 14 to 1500 yard range. No, that no, was Cashman. No, no, no. You and don't then he get got, to do it. There is a spreadsheet that we can all reference on this, Evan. I, You're I think, wrong. I, You're I, wrong. I think this show's right. very own Evan Hill made a very timely prediction. Josh it's Cashman, Cashman. <laughs> who predicted that. I don't know about that. I don't know all right. That. I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling it up. I will. The other thing I want to talk about. I mean, because there's a lot of negatives, but I guess I'll just take the positives. So DK is obviously one, and I'm going to pull up your woefully low, woefully low prediction, insultingly low prediction for DK. Here it is. Here it is, Nathan. You ready for this? I'm ready. All right. Hold on. You screen sharing? Yes. Is this going to be a a rigged results? Nope. Stop the count. Stop the count. (laughs) Oh, no. Let's not make this political. Let's not do that. So, Evan, uh, uh, <laughs> if DK has another game like tonight, he'll pass your prediction in week 13. So, I, 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 I think say, I think I the like results Evan were put some respect on DK's name. I think he's – it's it's really insulting how I think somebody switched the numbers between Josh and I. On, uh, on Evan's prediction there. Mine's even worse. I have the highest touchdowns. Mine was a little low, but it was also very nice. So, well, the f- <laughs> the funny thing was uh, Josh's prediction is the funniest. He predicted fifteen hundred yards and four touchdowns. <laughs> I don't know what kind of season he was expecting. Julio, Julio, Julio. Julio. Yeah, yeah, it's a Julio season. <laughs> All right. So the the other the other bit of good news I'll take is just let let's talk about it. No one is willing to acknowledge how good Jason Myers has been this year. He's missed what? Maybe one kick this year. And I haven't heard anyone on this show talking about it. And so I just think let's spend a minute. Let's give him some love. <laughs> it's time that we appreciate what Jason Myers brings to this team. Even though y'all are haters and don't want to talk about it, don't want to acknowledge it, don't want to give him the credit that he's due. Jason Myers has very quietly put together a pretty good season. I think that's I think that's a really interesting observation, Nathan. Uh, I'm kind of shocked that no one's brought that up so far. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Through all these games, like the guy's just doing his job. I think he's missed one kick all year as an extra point. Like, and working you ask, right? You think that a show like this that dives into the the nitty gritty details would actually pay attention to something like that? But it just keeps getting swept under the rug week after week. Once again, a great take by me is I guess the 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 point here. I'm notes. teetering on the line of <laughs> keeping this show PG in in the post game game show. You can say whatever you want. Fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> I've been talking about Jason Myers all fucking year long. I've been raving about him. I've been defending him since that contract. You've been shitting on him every single fucking day. Jason Myers, yes, he had a rough first year. Second year, 
bounce back. One of the best kickers in the NFL. Justin Tucker is jealous of his year this year. He's jealous. That's how good Jason Myers has been this year. How dare you? How dare you? I have been defending Jason Myers for like two and a half years. Do you know what sh- shit I've uh, has been poured on me since that contract was signed? Well, the best choice. Look, they don't they don't call him Evan come late leads for nothing. <sighs> yeah, well, I, I don't remember that. any of that, Jeff. Do you? I have never. It's not familiar to me. I've never heard Evan even talk about Myers, or I've not seen him in a picture with his child, where Evan is the child. I could have sworn that he even criticized the contract, like from a cap perspective, but but maybe I'm just misremembering. I heard that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> moving on. Uh, <laughs> How do you follow that? Up? <laughs> <laughs> uh, while we're at it, by the way, toppings on the nachos at Matador. Do not get them on the side. That's another thing that Evan will tell. Science you. has proven that to be incorrect, but I know you don't like data and, and the truth. <laughs> So I don't know if I really heard a, a solid answer from this group about the Seahawks offense. Um, I, I might've just blacked out cause I'm still ragey about how things <laughs> ended, but like 300 yards and 23 points and two fourth downs that were just abysmally bad that they went for. I mean, DK was amazing. Yeah. But was Russell even good? Like, how many of those plays were Russell? How many? Like, DK made some pretty impressive catches. I don't know. Jeff, where are you at on on how the offense? Like, give me a grade. Give me a grade. A through F. Where was the offense given who they're playing and how and and, and expectations? I'm giving a C. Um, Wait, before you go on, before you go on, Evan, grade. B minus. D minus B minus a B minus Nathan yeah. grade. Uh, C minus. Yeah. Okay. Jeff, go on. So there was obviously the DK thing, which is very encouraging. He's the fact that they went to him early and then he dominated Darius Slay. But overall, the thing that was a little frustrating, there's a number of things that are frustrating. Number one, it seemed outside of DK, nothing was comfortable for them. They seemed to lose their bread and butter plays early in downs they looked really skittish. Russell was jumpy. The offensive line was dominated by Philly. Philly controlled that game on the D line. They they made Russell look a little off, and some of the fourth and the play a play calling I really didn't like a lot of the time. Like the play calling at the goal line in that first sequence where they ran three times, including a David Moore play, that was just embarrassing. And there's a lot. And then the play calling at the end of the game where they had the chance to put the game away and they got super conservative. I found myself very frustrated and like they, they weren't a, like DK's pretty much saved that team tonight because they weren't very good offensively, frankly. I, can I just jump in with a little quote from our favorite head coach in, in the post game conference? Uh-huh. What did Sean McVay have to say? <laughs> Pete Carroll oh, says he had a terrible first quarter. He felt like he took the momentum away from the Seahawks with his fourth down decisions. <laughs> it cost him three points. I, I was arguing back and forth with somebody I, on this. Three points. Six. six. How how six? They 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 punted from like their own forty something. They they wouldn't kick the field goal from there. Wait a second. Where where were they on the second fourth down attempt? 
Yeah. The second one was like 40, 42, 43, something like that. It would have been like a, a, a high 50s field goal. I don't think they would have taken – they would have punted there. Yeah, that's probably true. I'm so, say, like, I, but you just told us about how good Jason Myers was, so you clearly know that, that – uh... Yeah, I mean, he did kick that 68 68- – 72 maybe maybe with even 81 yard field goal a week or two ago that he got him it like from a different stadium it was a 37 so it would have been a 54 yeah i think they, they might have kicked that 54 is definitely really okay they would have kicked that then no guarantee i mean definitely no guarantee, on that one. no guarantee they want to keep myers's numbers perfect so okay breaking news though gotta jump in here because it's something all of us care a lot about um carol says that carlos dumlap has a sore foot sprained foot or something or other thanks for that pete (laughs) (laughs) or something or other (laughs) i I, I don't know guys i just to get back to the offense thing like i don't want to play the fence brian i think you're right i think you're very right in saying that this offense has not been anything like they've been since that first half of of that cardinals game and you know five, six weeks ago. I I don't think this offense is meeting expectations right now. I don't think they have met expectations for the past five, six weeks. Um, I think they're capable of of being a lot better. I agree with you that they don't feel consistent and they don't feel in rhythm. They feel uncomfortable, but at the same point, at the same time, they're still putting up like respectable numbers. Like you take away that garbage Cedric Obuhi weird ass ticky tack holding call and it puts three additional points on the board. So that leaves the Seahawks with 26 on the night, you know, not mid thirties, but I, I, I think one thing that kind of gets lost You're in this matchup, the bar dude, like this offense has to be no, what wins the I, Bowl for this team. Like they're not I agree with you. just an okay offense. No, I agree with you. I, I don't think they're meeting expectations okay. at all. I, I, I just don't think it, I want to be clear. I don't think they've been like bad. I, I just think they're capable of being a lot better. But I will remind you guys of one thing. This pass rush, this defensive line for the Eagles, is the best in the NFL. And they did well against them three, to- three, three times in a row, really. So. I- and I do think it's fair. I mean, like, one of the things, you know, talking about positives, like, okay, Jason Myers, you know, yeah, he continues his streak of being really good. DK went off. Um, I, I think Brandon Shell comes out of this game looking really good. Um, oh yeah, yeah, because like you know he clearly, you know, makes a difference on this offense, or or at least Ugboyhi is bad enough that you know it's clear that they're they're a different they're, they 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 work a little differently when they have Shell in there. Well, that's something like we talked about. My instinct was everything I saw from Ugboyhi was he was going to be bad like really really bad and i said on wednesday you know what mike solari's proven like he's figured this out and deserves the benefit of the doubt i should just swallow my instincts on this and just maybe we'll be surprised was not surprised he was completely overmatched i think his pff grade is going to be definitely in the 30s it could be in the teens he was terrible i don't think he blocked brandon graham once and it, to me, I think one of the real hidden questions, and I'm hoping somebody asks it in post game. We'll see. But is is the reason is Jordan Simmons injury? 
contributing to the fact that Obwey, he's having to start. If Jordan Simmons, their number one backup guard, was available, would they be sliding Jamarco Jones out to right tackle? Because I just I, I cannot believe that that Jones would be worse than what we've seen from Obwey. Yeah. Let's just let's just give them the benefit of the doubt on that and say that that's the reason that without Jordan Simmons as a backup, they didn't feel comfortable doing that. Is that a good enough reason for you though? Like I, I, I mean, they obviously see these guys in practice, so they have way more information than, than us. And, and maybe Ugboy, he just outplayed Jones, but I have a really hard time believing that that's the case. And um, so does like, why would you optimize for your backups over optimizing for your starters? Like, I get the the, I, the the concern there and that that would factor into the decision-making process. I just don't understand why you come out of it op, the, the, doing exactly that, optimizing for the what-if, the backup scenario, and not for the five guys you expect to play the whole game. Yeah, and the weird thing is they went, like, they went against that too with Damian Lewis playing center a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. right? Where they used the exact logic of what Nathan is saying to get the best five guys on the field. So why are they not doing that here? It's a, it's a very good question. Well, I think that that assumes that we're right, that Jamarco Jones is better. And right. they, they just might not see it that way. Yeah. And and <laughs> I don't know, man. That I know I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand him until he gets a shot there. I, I think that that's just crazy. I think this offense would be significantly more capable with Jamarco Jones in there than Abuehi. Yeah, um, and there was a couple other guys I thought had pretty rough games out there other than a boy. I thought Carlos Hyde looked embarrassingly slow tonight. He was like getting blown up in the backfield. Other than that one big run, he, he looked, he looked a lot different than last week. I thought David Moore, he did score the touchdown, but some of the plays he was making in open space and where he wasn't getting to the line of scrimmage, I thought he looked pretty shaky. And Jacob Halster, I thought looked like the guy at the end of last year where when he's got more snaps, he looked like a guy who probably just shouldn't be out there. He's undersized. He gets tackled really easily. I thought this might be a game we'd see more Will Disley, and we didn't really see him at all we didn't. from the target standpoint. I thought Hollister, just when he, the more he gets playing time and he kind of gets exposed is what his limitations are. Well, one of my questions that we didn't talk about, and I'm going to be curious to watch this, hidden potential impact of the Greg Olson injury is Greg Olson and Disley were actually a reasonably capable pass blocking pair of tight ends. And Jacob Hollister is not. So the fact that you're going to get more Jacob Hollister and Disley means that one side, when they're playing two tight ends, one side might, if they're, if they're leaving those guys in to max protect or do anything like that to help out a boy, he, they might not have as capable of a guy. I didn't see that as much tonight. I didn't see Hollister getting abused or being in there as pass blocking, but that could have happened. But I do think that uh, Greg Olson's decent there. Um, I do want to offer uh, Dana's telling us, uh, I don't have the exact quote, but it says, uh, uh, now Pete's saying it might be a sore toe. Pete has no idea what's actually wrong with Dunlap. Her <laughs> toe would be a bummer though. Well, sprained foot wouldn't be great either. Car- uh, Chris Carson just missed four weeks with a sprained foot. And uh, I thought Carson looked like he was still injured tonight. Like they were clearly having him on a, uh, a pitch count. And there was a couple times after the tackles where he just came up a little bit gimpy. Um, it wasn't like re-injured, but he just looked like he was not yet fully confident in that foot. 
So I, I actually have a, a, a comment from the, the Patreon chat here. So this isn't my comment, but you, uh, Jeff, well, you said that, that Carlos Hyde looked a little slow. Mm. I don't know if I totally agree with that. Uh, but uh, Silk from the Patreon chat said, aside from his TD run, the uh, uh, Carson's touchdown run, the run game looked toothless. So do you think that Carson looked a lot better than – hide tonight do you think that this running game ends up looking a lot more potent if if Carson's able to get more of the load I do for me it's 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 pretty clear but I thought Hyde looked like a receiver back there sometimes tonight and and he he just went to the ground like and looked slow I I just I I thought this was not this is not a good follow-on performance for Carlos Hyde after what was a pretty good game uh, against the the Cardinals I mean, the Carson run was awesome. It was really good. Uh, but I do tend to agree that on the whole, neither running back looked particularly impressive. I think Carson had a, a carrier two early in the third where he looked still really good. Um, I mean, but, Carson was eight carries for 41 yards. His, only, his longest run was 16 yards. So he was over five yards a carry. Carlos Hyde was 15 carries for 22 yards, one and a half yards a carry. He so got long- all of those. He got all of the carries in the last two series where they lost yards every play. Yeah. So I don't know that I would just look at the total yards and carries for Cars- for Hyde. Uh, but no, I mean, I think my point is that I think this is another area where Brandon Shell comes out looking really good. Like, I think the offensive line wasn't doing the pass game any favors. I don't think it was doing the run game in any favors. You know, Carson was still able to pop one and, and had that really nice run. But on the whole, I don't think the running game looked very good. No matter you got to give the Eagles defensive line credit. I think Jeff was sure. talking about that. I mean, they whipped, they whipped the Seahawks offensive line most of the night. And it wasn't just a boy. He, I mean, potty actually, I think had a pretty shitty game. Everyone was on DK for that first fourth down play where David Moore got enveloped because DK didn't block the player. I thought you potty got blocked knocked backwards like five yards like right into the play so that, that whole sequence was so bad Oof. Oof. you know who you guys haven't mentioned actually i don't think you have maybe jeff did shaquille griffin yeah kind of go ahead yeah shaquille had a night tonight i think he got called for a ticky tack dpi uh, on the sideline um I think that was like third or fourth quarter later in the game. Yep. But overall, I felt like he played really well tonight. There was definitely an opportunity early in the game where it felt like, um, I think it was on Alshon Jeffrey down the, down the right sideline where he could have turned his head and maybe played a, you know, played the ball a bit better, potentially, you know, get an interception. But Shaquille coming back from injury and having a good night, even against Carson Wentz. It's pretty big for him this year, I think. I think if this is a performance that he can build upon and really solidify himself as sort of a, I don't know what the right word is, but just a dependable corner that they can rely on throughout the rest of the year and maybe the playoffs, that's huge. A, if he's not a dumpster fire. I mean, they've been playing yeah. a pretty bad. It's, bad been the weakest, it's been the weakest position group of the entire defense all year long. Yeah. So what about I just want Brooks. He looked I thought, awesome. I thought he played his maybe his best game, right? I thought that even that pass interference was like it was a good call, but it was like borderline. I thought he wasn't he wasn't way off in coverage there or anything like that. He looked awesome from the from the very first play too. I think like play one or play two, he broke on that short pass and broke it up. 
uh and and he made a nice tackle really early in the game and then um yeah i think that one where he got the pi like i I think that was actually really good coverage by him um i thought he looked he had something of a breakout game tonight like he kind of it seemed like he put it all together all game long and looked like the guy they thought they were getting with the first round pick do we want another dk factoid sure oh always give me a dk factoid i don't i don't want to now um dana <laughs> dana in the chat in the in uh in our dms is saying uh dk is the fastest player to get a thousand yards receiving in franchise history so that's steve largent joey galloway i mean steve largent different era so you know account and all for, account for that and all that but largent galloway brian blades doug baldwin tyler lockett you know, I don't know. Whoever else may have caught a thousand. You guys just see Joe's last tweet? Corin Robinson. No. Pretty funny. Are, what, what, are you not going to tell us? Oh, I'm going to go find it now. <laughs> he said that Jim Schwartz, who's the defensive coordinator of the Eagles, told DK before the game that he was good, but not Megatron good yet. And see, you know. Nathan is in shambles. Nathan is in shambles. Jim Schwartz is like a hall, like he's an all-time great, right? That's funny. Jim Schwartz and Nathan on the same page. Me and Jim Schwartz, you know, Hall of Fame level defensive minds is basically what it is. Wow. Well, (laughs) he could have 200 yards if he caught that touchdown. We got to talk about how DK is an excellent baiter. Ah yes. Yeah. Would you, Evan? Evan, you... would you say he's a masturbator? <laughs> is he? Has he reached that level? God. Don't don't close your eyes, Brian. You thought that one. Nathan, Nathan's always a, making sexual jokes that I will not cross on these podcasts, and and <laughs> I can only go down to like fifteen-year-old humor. Actually, I love that joke, by the way. I'm just really glad you told it, not me. Uh, DK is a master at baiting defensive backs. Genuinely. Like, he didn't he bait two back-to-back calls? Uh, or, I guess didn't it was he bait one. two back-to-back defensive backs? Is that what you're going to say? This yeah, something really... Two back-to-back games is, is what I meant. He got two one last days. week on... What was it, Denard? And then yeah. one this week on Slay. And then the very next play, I think it was Fletcher Cox. Jackson. Do you think? Oh, yeah, Jackson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you think he's maybe a jerk or is, is that off? No, I don't think he is. You know what the problem is? Is that he's just that good. Like, you know who was a jerk is like Breno. Breno Giacomini was a jerk. And he would get. He would like, you know, he'd do, he was the guy that would do the nut shot and then and the rest wouldn't see it. And then he'd get to pull a flag on somebody when they retaliated. I, I don't really see what DK is doing in some of these that makes him so mad, other than he's just so much better than them. What just happened? You okay? I'm good. What just happened? Why did yeah, it jump up happened? and hit you in the face? <laughs> Where did that come from? It was my hand. <laughs> it looked like someone threw your microphone at you. <laughs> yeah, it jumped up at me. 
it was scary i i survived <laughs> I, I didn't know like it's physical humor is clearly what gets me open. I, I, don't, it, I don't know what to do what i imagine here is is dk is going up against all these defensive backs who's cl- who are clearly a bunch of a bunch of chickens and dk is just choking all of them out all of them darius slay said he lost every 50 50 ball called it the worst game he played in the league I let the team down. I told the defense that was on me. I want to see DK Metcalf break one defensive back after another week after week. And the thing I liked best, best about this game on offense. What did we talk about this week? DK Metcalf should be getting 10 targets a game and there should be no excuse for anything other than that. I don't care who he's playing opposite him. DK Metcalf should be getting 10 targets a game. I don't know what he ended up with tonight, but it sure felt like he was the focal point of the offense. He had 10, 13 targets, 13 targets, 10 catches. Don't talk to me about DK's catch rate. He even dropped a pass tonight. Should have been another touchdown. The guy dominated. So like, and they, they did it with plays that he can dominate on. Those were slants that he should be able to do in every game. So that was the thing I liked best for sure about the, the approach on offense tonight. We kind of talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago, like the list of DBs who can say they've covered DK. And at the time, I said the only one that couldn't, because uh, Sherman kept the list, right, of all the receivers that he had shut down. And we were talking, uh, I was saying, if you know, if DK was keeping the same list, the only one he couldn't put on the list with, right now was Patrick Peterson. I, I want to see him actually keep that list, right? I mean, Darius Slay is on the list of DBs who he's broken. Uh, Denard, right? I mean, the list is pretty long at this point. Um, I actually just want that to be a real thing that he starts doing. I like it. I like it. How do you guys, you talked about um, Shaquille Griffin. Well, there's a lot of other guys on defense that I think had pretty interesting games. I'll throw out a few and I'm curious where you guys, any of them jump out to you. I thought Rasheem Green had a legit sack, looked good on that play. Did not really make much noise after that, but that was good. Uh, I thought um, uh, Quandre Diggs had another had a pick, went right to him, but it's nice to see. Benson Mayoa had a sack. It was a legit sack. Um, we didn't hear anything from Ugo Amadi, and you could argue that the, the guy he was going up against was one of, of uh, Wentz's favorite targets. Don't know what that means. Um, and Trey Flowers, curious where you guys were. I saw some plays where Trey Flowers was clearly beat and Wentz just wasn't good enough to take advantage. Um, but I also thought Trey Flowers was in pretty good position most of the night. So where are you guys on any of those guys jump out to you? Um, Jaron Reed had a decent game. KJ Wright played well. KJ Wright had a huge play um, and a yeah, sack. Down pass. Yeah. Did you uh, say Rasheem Green? I did. He was the first guy I said. Okay. Oh, my bad. I expected you to jump out up in joy for that one. I would have if I was paying attention. So. How yeah. many sacks does he have this year? Two? This is first. Oh, is it? Okay. I think it's Wow. Trey, Trey still scares here. the shit out of me. What was that, Jeff? That Trey still scares the shit out of me. Do you think he should be the starter with Dunbar? When Dunbar's back. Dunbar. That's the question yeah. I had, too. Yeah uh is Dunbar healthy no well when he's back healthy yeah I would I would rather Dunbar in there 
Trey, like like you said, there's plays where just Trey is getting beat and Wentz couldn't hit them. And Trey's fine. Like he's he's what kind of what we thought he was. Like he's the guy you want as your fill-in corner if your starter can't play. And he's done an admirable job since the first couple of games filling in. But he's not a guy you want as your starter on a championship defense. Championship yeah. defense? Well, like if your team's trying to win the championship. Oh, okay. Got, got, got it. I miss her. No, they're, they're, they are what they are at this point. Like, I mean, I think we can go down the list, right? It's probably going to be quicker to list guys that, that didn't kind of have a moment, at least at some point in the game. Like, I don't really remember Puna. Um, Puna had a sack. Did, Puna had a sack? He yeah. did. Okay. All right. I missed that completely somehow. What about Collier? LJ had it. What would have been a sack, except that Wentz fell a half a yard past the line of scrimmage. He did that. He did that Street Fighter like Hayukin celebration. Did you see he that? Did. <laughs> okay. Again, I must have been getting the pizza or something. That was Jakeem. <laughs> Jakeem drew a holding penalty. I saw that. That was awesome. So okay, there, it is faster to go on the list of of guys who didn't have a moment because everyone had a moment that played, and I think. I don't want to like, you know, take away from the defense, but like we should probably talk about how just fucking terrible Carson Wentz looked. Like that dude had trouble getting the ball near receivers. Um, great job by Diggs catching a ball, but like that's all that dude had to do. And that was just a mind-numbing throw. Like there were a lot of times where like Greasy was doing his best to like cover up Wentz looking awful and be like oh you know just another case of miscommunication but on that pick he threw to Diggs like Goddard had broke and like the other direction before Wentz threw that ball like you Wentz had every opportunity to say oh he's not going where I think he's going and he just threw a pick instead and like you know he uh if I'm an Eagles fan I mean it's over, right? I, I I don't know. I mean, I guess you have to. I, I think we, he signed know, the extension in July of 2019. It, it can't matter. Like it can't matter at this point. No, I know. I'm, I'm just oh, providing yeah. context. No, I mean they're totally just effed on this thing. Like it's it's terrible for them. But like they have to take a quarterback this in the draft this well, year. They did last year. That's and I mean, and maybe that's the other thing they need to do. They need to give Hertz the rest of the year because. If you're a Eagles fan, I think the best thing that you're hoping for at this point is that he has the yips because he just doesn't look like an NFL. I mean, he's like Tebow level of accuracy and just some of the stupidest picks and decisions that I've seen a quarterback make. It's, it's funny you say that because I write articles for another website every Monday. I do like my kind of weekly takeaways. And last Monday, the headline of the article I wrote was that the Eagles need to sit Wentz because he looks mentally broken. Yeah. And I went into his advanced stats. He was like 29th in the league in QBR. He was the worst in the NFL when he faced zero pressure. So <laughs> he was the worst. So like the eye test shows exactly what you said. The stats show an even worse story. And I thought I said before the game, like they should start hurts. Like they need to sit him to figure out what's wrong. And he didn't do anything to change that. He, and the Hertz came in for one play through like a pretty good looking out route and he was accurate. And I thought they should have started Hertz. They picked him in the second round. They should see what they got. Their season's over. I guess. I mean, I, I think that they're going to get to that point. Anyway, I don't want to spend much time talking about the Eagles. Like fuck no. the Eagles. Who cares? I mean, I, I think, I think you're right, Nathan, to the point where they were really bad. 
really, really bad. And, and they were as advertised and Wentz was as advertised. So I think that's totally true, but I think it's also, you get into a little bit of relativism. Like they've been really bad all year. And I'm curious from a pass rush perspective for the Seahawks. One of the things I wanted to see coming into this game is could that pass rush look like dominant? Could it look, could it look like good? They had six sacks tonight. Um, that's the most that the Eagles have given up since the first week of the season. So like as much as like, yeah, they, the offensive line's bad and Wentz is bad. Like Seahawks went after it though. Like six, six sacks, 12 quarterback hits. Um, and, and I think it's, there's a chance to walk away. And I was, I was, this is the thing I was wondering about beforehand. You could have picked to win this game 13 to, to nine or 42 to 38. Which would you have picked? Which would you, which would you have thought would have been a better indication of where the Seahawks were? I personally, like I started with, like, I really wanted to see the Seahawks score points against a good defense. I thought that would be more meaningful and more important long-term but then the thought of them giving up 38 points to this offense (laughs) i feel like that would just be like almost cancel it out right so like i think the fact that the seahawks defense held them to 70 yards and six points in the first half and should have held them to nine points for the game i think that no matter how bad that offense is i think that's a big deal more dk factoids along that line i don't remember uh how far into the game it was it was either late in the third or early in the fourth um but dk had like 177 yards receiving at that point and the eagles had something like 130 yards total offense so uh the defense was shutting it down and dk single-handedly had outgained the entire eagles offense so it's interesting interesting quote here from shaquille griffin um Went a lot more with man today to rely on the surging pass rushers up front. Um, we can count on them to get that pass rush started. That's huge for us. We're ready to make that run. That's big. That's what we've been complaining about, right? For the past two and a half months is that they overplayed their blitz hand because they couldn't reliably generate pressure with their, with their main dudes and, and their secondary would struggle as a result. I think that's a great indicator. Yeah, the change since that Arizona first game where they had zero quarterback hits and they looked utterly hopeless has been pretty impressive, the dramatic turnaround of the pass rush. It's – we just got to cre- – I feel like we have to credit Carlos Dunlap so much. John Schneider for making that trade. Yeah, he's stealing, stealing Dunlap, really, for what it was, like a seventh-round pick or something. And it just kind of shows how dumb their offseason was because this is what we were talking about. Yeah. Yes, 100%. It's so true. It's so true. Are we worried at all about Tyler Lockett? I was just going to ask about him. Like he was like, yes, DK dominated. Love it. Great. But it, if they're playing man all night, Tyler Lockett, he's a miss. should be a mismatch against anybody. And they don't have like, other than Darius Slay, they don't have any good cover corners. So like, I, I didn't love that Tyler Lockett was not carving them up. And and if, if he had been, I feel like the offense would have been in rhythm. So like, is this maybe like, remember last year when Tyler Lockett was hurt and how much that affected the offense? Mm-hmm. Tyler was hurt a few weeks ago. He played this last game against Arizona, even though they couldn't believe he was able to. I'm just wondering if he's not himself yet. 
So since the 200-yard game he had in Arizona, his last games are four catches for 30 yards, four catches for 40 yards, five catches for 60 yards, nine catches for 60 yards last week, and then tonight three for 23. So have he had 200 yards since the 200-yard game? It sounds like it's real close. 70, it's Ray almost right at it. Yeah. 70, 70. Yeah, it's like 223 or something over five games. So, I mean, what do you guys think? Do you, you think that's just him not being well? Do you think he might be getting a little hurt? Do you think that they're not utilizing him? Like, it's just not an issue and it's just the way the games are going? What, what's your take, Nathan? Uh uh, I haven't paid super close attention to him in my rewatches, but uh, I would say in all of the replays tonight, um, Nikhil Roby Alexander looked awesome, and maybe that's a maybe that's a factor of Lockett not being right or not playing as well as he can. Um, but I did think that every time that they cut to like replays with Rocket, Lockett being targeted or just in the frame, um, it looked like Roby was playing um, really well. I'm definitely concerned about it because I think that stretch has kind of coincided with the offense's dip. And the thing I noticed tonight, especially like DK was awesome, but it looked like they were just lacking weapons in the passing game and Lockett really wasn't getting open. And we spent a lot of time talking in the offseason like about the need for a third receiver and how they should have spent early draft pick on receiver in this draft class. Tonight was a game where you really noticed where they just didn't have when Lockett got kind of shut down, they didn't really have another guy to go to. And it's kind of, when Lockett's not getting open and it's purely on DK, like their offense has stumbled since that. And I don't know if he's hurt because he had a similar stop at the same point last year after he did get hurt, but he's not getting open as comfortably as he was earlier in the year where he had some dominant games early in the season. So I do think there's something there. It's been five games in a row now. Talking about the depth, what, what came of the Kenny Stills thing? Did he clear he cleared waivers? He's available. Okay. You guys would be interested? Give him a, yeah, I would give him a look. I think it'd be a really interesting fit. I just can't imagine. I don't know why he would pick to come here. Potentially a really third receiver. David Moore didn't look right tonight. No. Although that touchdown was amazing. It was a great touchdown. I hated the play call. How mad were you when the ball was in the air? Uh, I like jumped out of my couch, off the couch. I was so pissed. Like, I know the result was great, but like fade to David. No, no. I Bad bit so call. hard on the play fake to Carson or Hyde <laughs> or whatever it was that before I had like realized that they were running a fade, he had plucked the ball out. And uh, so I was really happy. I thought it was awesome. It was a great, it was a beautiful pass. Yeah, it was a nice touchdown. Beautiful catch. David Moore looked awful tonight. <laughs> <A little laughs> on his on returns, watch. on his end arounds. The and guy he got looked- pulled. He got pulled from the returner duty. Yeah, yeah, that's what makes me think he was on the injury report this week. So it makes me think that he was maybe a little bit more dinged up than we know about. Um, but yeah, Kenny Stills, I, I would definitely be all for it. Uh, he's he's a he's the right kind of receiver for what they I think they, they got. They're using a roster spot right now on Penny Hart, and he's really not contributing. If you need to put him back on the practice squad, I think that's a no brainer move. Uh, I got a I got a shout out from the super chat. Um, Ted Brogan uh, wants everyone to know uh, Chris Carson is a loser. He says, "What?" So shout out Chris Carson is a loser according to Ted Brogan. So Ted passing that one along. Ted, I don't know Ted. I mean, you're one of our most loyal super chatters. So we know. found Rashad Penny's oh. burner account. Is is what we did. <laughs> 
Are you guys excited about him returning this next week? I am. I'll tell you this, Evan. You always are down on Rashad Penny. And I'm here to tell you that that I would prefer to have Rashad Penny over Carlos Hyde. I'm not going to take your Rashad Penny slander any longer. I think it's, you know, I'm so proud of us tonight. Finally calling out, no one's talking about Jason Myers. Evan continually shitting on Rashad Penny. We're done with it. It's over. Uh, I think, you know, the next thing maybe we want to start talking about, um, you know, maybe Pete Carroll. It's time somebody starts talking about a little bit better of a timeout management. I know that's something that that doesn't get a lot of attention either, but let's let's add that one to our list of bold, brave things that this podcast is willing to talk about. Evan, we're going to stand up to you. You're just going to have to be able to take it. So seriously, though, are are you looking forward to having Rashad Penny? Um, I mean, if Rashad Penny comes back after a pretty serious knee injury, Jeff, I see you shaking your head. You're like, nope, you'd rather have Carlos Hyde. There's, yeah, there's five games left in the season. He's got to work his way into like game shape and he's got to get his game reps back. I don't know. I, I think that's a lot to ask. Okay. Him. So your, your concern is more around Rashad Penny recovering from injury. Than yeah. I think it's a lot to ask at this point of the year. And really, like the running game is maybe the least of my issues right now. <laughs> oh. Uh, apparently, uh, Mr. Jamal Adams had a, uh, question for Joe, friend of show, Joe fan. For folks that don't know, Joe asked Jamal about how he's been in coverage this year, uh, during his earlier in the week press conference and Jamal did not take it well. And during his post-game presser today, he called out Joe and said, Mr. Joe, you got nothing for me. How was my coverage? Joe fans should have asked him about his tackling. <laughs> yeah, I was like, there's one play there that you might want to <laughs> finish next time. Well, that sack was pretty awesome he had. Oh, yeah. He played, well, he had a great I game. thought he played great tonight. Yeah, I thought that was his best game since the opener. I, I, his best play was that one where he ends up coming back in uh, – was it Boston Scott or was it uh, Miles Sanders? One of the running backs. Juked Bobby out of his shoes a little bit. Yes. Uh, but Adams were right there. They talked about how loud that hit was, and then they showed the replay, and he was actually like blitzing on that play and was able to recover, get all the way out to the sideline, and make the tackle right where Bobby should have made it. So, yeah, Bobby never misses tackles except for when he misses tackles. That yeah. was that was not good. Um, I have to ask one more question. You guys might have a couple others, but but another Jamal Adams quote. He says, "I don't think DK Metcalf." has even um really taken off yet i firmly believe he has more in the tank that's where i am guys i think i think he can be the player he was tonight maybe like a third of the games of the year like maybe even more depending like this is against a good cover corner like I think DK Metcalf can be a guy that just redefines what, what it looks like. We can, I don't think there's anybody that can play with him on a regular basis. How many Jalen Ramseys are there? Two. In That's from you against him last year. I don't know. I mean, 
let's slow down maybe a little. Like if he catches a here, here we go. Oh boy. I'm just saying. Oh boy, Mr. Shit on DK Metcalf talker. Go ahead. Let's just look at the numbers, is all I'm saying. (laughs) He leads the league in receiving yards. Okay, but if he catches if he does what he did tonight, and let's say that's like 150 yards in a third of the games, that's 800 yards in just a third of the games. I mean, that's uh Yeah, Mr. Dickhead, we're talking about one of the best receivers in NFL history. Yeah, Mr. Dickhead. <laughs> don't Dick- delete your don't delete your tweets, Nathan. Mr. Dickhead with my father. I I prefer to be called <laughs> Nathan. Thank you. Dickhead Jr. Dickhead yeah. Jr. So we know you guys. So no, I mean, come on. I, I just I, I think that if they're if like this is a season where DK's put up these numbers, he's dropped a bunch of passes. He he fumbled the ball at the half inch line into the end zone. Like I, he has not been getting the targets like that that I think he should. Like I think I think there's way more in the tank. Like I think there's way more in the tank, and I, I think that I think. I think we're underestimating him, honestly. Take that. All right, guys. Um, Eight and three. Yeah, this was a great weekend for the Seahawks. Oh, man. What a great – you're right, Jeff. Like, and and can we just be thankful for a second that our offensive options are not – Boston Scott, Richard Rodgers, Fulgham. Travis Fulgham, Alshon Jeffrey looked like seventy-five years old. Yeah, he's like a corpse. <laughs> what? What did Brian Brian Greasy just like out of the blue roasted him? Like, and it takes three days for Jeffries to get through his route or something like that. He ran a curl. There was nothing that Jeffrey was gonna do. On, I mean, it did take him like three days though. It was bad. We don't. We don't have any any more Monday night games do we this year. I don't think so. I cannot stand that crew. They are so bad. I didn't uh, like them. No, they were really. Brian well. Gracie does not stop talking. I I'm with you, Jeff. His voice started to really great. Like Mike Tarico did the game last night, and he he's so good and so natural. And like they keep cutting off Lewis Riddick, who's like the only good analyst they have. He's good, but he doesn't speak. He can't get in a word. Yeah, I never know he's there until they like show the booth, and I'm like, oh yeah, Lewis Riddick is supposed to be talking. It kind of sounds like greasy, so it's confusing. Yeah, oh, maybe that's what it is. All right, I got somebody in the chat here. Is Chet Ubecha? I doubt that's even his real name. Uh, saying if we take out all of Metcalf's best best games, he's not that good. Come on, Nathan, that's not even a good troll. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying <laughs> I don't know if it's realistic. To expect him to catch for 150 yards in five or six games a year. He's very good. Like I, I gave up that any skepticism of DK a very long time ago. I've offered multiple, multiple factoids tonight. Thank you, Chet. You betcha. You've so, never publicly apologized. I have nothing to apologize for. I was skeptical. I was skeptical. You but were a no, bigger Jazz Ferguson fan than you were. No, no. Yeah. See, there okay, are receipts. This is the one. There are receipts. This is the one. I <laughs> I made a joke tweet parodying an account that will not be named. 
and now people retweet it like I was sincere. And that's the only <laughs> thing that bothers me. <laughs> I'll own all of my other takes, but I did not think that Jazz, I never thought Jazz was better than DK. You no. cannot make a Twitter career out of snark and not expect. Uh... Watch me. Watch me. <laughs> August 8th, 2019. Not a sincere tweet. 8, 8, 8 p.m. Are we sure Jazz was the UDFA and DK was the second was round a, pick? That was a Question parody mark. tweet. I'm a well-known parody account. <laughs> That's the only one that I'll, I'll own all of the others, but people want to hang that one on me like I meant it. And that, that I don't know, man. It's, uh, it, it is very on brand. I made a very big mistake in admitting that that's the one that bugs me. <laughs> it's on brand. I, I know you guys are wanting to get out, get out of here. We should, we should. I, I just have to ask though, like the Jets are next. People were asking about this fourth game stretch. Everyone's like, don't take these games for granted. This is the game for me that was like the biggest concern, especially with what looks like it, the Jets are next or is it the Giants? Giants. The Giants are next. All right. So the Giants are, are you know, looking like they'll be without Daniel Jones. We'll talk about this more on Wednesday. My question was going to be more about Brandon Shell um, and whether you – you just sit him even if he's feeling a little bit better. Like, do you heal up for, for these next two games um, to make sure – like, I'm just kind of curious. I, I guess we can talk about this more Wednesday. But but uh, how conservative are you with injuries over the next couple of weeks if you got the Giants and the Jets? Just put Washington in a different category because they're playing well and their defense is super good. But do you, do you kind of, like, just – fold up shop a little bit and just try to get through the next two weeks from a, from an injury perspective, Evan. I don't know. I would, I wouldn't take any of these games for granted. I, I think tonight has proven that Seattle loves to play down to their opponents and I would not take any of these games for granted whatsoever. We've got jets next giant giants. The game after, is that right? Giants, Jets, and Giants, Giants and then Jets. Giants and then Jets. So who's the who's the quarterback for the Giants? Is it Colt? Colt McCoy. I unfortunately watched a little of that yesterday. He looked scary. I don't know. I <sighs> worse than Carson the, Wentz. Yeah. Yeah. The only injury I'm concerned about is the Dunlap one. Realistically. Yeah. Well. We will, we will talk about this more on Wednesday. Um, we might even have time to talk about uh, the news that Jamal Adams has a style coach um, and, and other important tidbits. What does that mean? It means exactly what it sounds like. Does it mean Adam. that his style is fake? He doesn't have real style? He has to get it from someone else? He's got, that's heartbreaking. He's got a style coach is what he called him in his presser this week and even named him. I can't remember what his name was and uh, gave him props. Uh, that he actually talked about how he's into fashion and that he gives, he, he knows he's got teammates that think they're into fashion and he, he corrects them about it and uh, tries to help, tries to coach him up about it. Who is DK's style coach? I bet he doesn't have one. I bet DK is his own style coach. Don't know. That's a, that's a, that's a, Maybe that's where he thinks DK has room to grow. DK this, has natural style. This is where we don't get, you know, the type of press that we need to, to, to dive into these kind of hard hitting issues and, and find out more details. All right. The Seahawks are eight and three folks. Uh, 
they won tonight. It wasn't exactly the game we all wanted, but there were some real positives in it. We will see you, all of you, Wednesday night for our next pod. Um, until then, please make sure you sign up at patreon.com slash hawkblogger. Growing and growing and growing. Um, plenty of conversation. Lots of great talk going on uh, throughout the week there. Uh, five bucks gets you in. So, I mean, this is the time to do it. Um, get immediate access to the Slack channel. And uh, click subscribe. Click the bell. You get notified when we go live, um, which we do quite often. I've been trying to convince the guys that we should do it more nights a week and just pair up, you know, like, you know, it, every once in a while I'll have a Jeff and Evan show and maybe a Brian and Nathan show. And you've literally never mentioned that. I ever. have, you don't see, this is the I thing. Wasn't no, you've literally, it, but you I have literally never said that in the history of your life to me. Never heard that. I've never heard. Oh that. my God. You, you guys have never, such that's being kept in your brain. I've literally never heard. I'm not even trolling you. I'll do it. I'll have a, I'll have a show with Dana about whether we take points or, or go for it on fourth down. We should. <laughs> I think people would like that. Yeah. I think we get oh, some that would be a show. people. <laughs> Just like get like Derek and and me and we'll just like stare at each other for the whole time. It'll be fantastic. Get maybe we'll even get Josh. Josh and Will have a show. What would that be like? Very creative. Those are our creatives. So the we just watch them do After Effects and Premiere work. Like it'd be great. Um, well, there is now record. I will now have to scroll back like a month to show you in the group chat where I proposed this, but because Twitter does not allow you to search DMs, it takes forever to get receipts. I had to do that to Nathan. This I was gonna say, I really thought that was gonna work in my favor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ever underestimate my uh, stubbornness when it comes to uh, receipts. But yeah, um, until then, um, we will see you guys around. Please take care, uh, take care of yourself and uh, go Hawks.